Ian Watch's podcast. On this week's episode, Spangler's going to run us through his collection, what Watch started at all, how he got into the hobby, and how his collection has evolved. Good evening, Evan. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, real quick, I guess, uh, before we start anything, we should, I guess, we'll kind of give away part of the collection, but uh, we should do a wrist check. Uh, yeah, so this week I'm wearing the, uh, the ever-present staple, the Tudor Black Bay 58. Um, still about a month and a half into ownership, and it's uh, been great every day. How about yourself? I am, like I said, I'm rocking the big boy. Uh, picked this one up back in July, and uh, starting to wear it a little bit more often to start out this year, just because, uh, you know, the, we'll get into it a little bit, but there are a couple of watches I want to reduce the wear they get over the years, and uh, yeah. just really... It's tough to take this one off, so I'm, I'm wearing the uh, the uh, the Rolex Hulk, the uh, green Submariner, eleven sixty six ten LV, and I only spit that out because that's the only reference number I know in my collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you reach a certain level of watch nerdery when you know every single reference number of the watches in your collection, because even I don't. So it's also even more nerdy if you know the watches that aren't in your collection. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the people that know the paddocks, the roll, the vintage Rolexes. It's above it's my un- head. It's unbelievable. Oh, also, what are you drinking? Uh, oh, it's uh, another staple, I guess. Uh, it's an Angel's Envy Rye, and I had the pleasure of uh, going to the distillery last year, actually, for my birthday, uh, taking the full tour, seeing how it was all made. Cool experience. They sold me on it, so. That is a solid choice. I'm a big fan of that one as well. I like ryes in general. Um, yeah. This week, I've got... Uh, Breckenridge Bourbon, uh, which they their claim to fame is they are the highest by altitude distillery in the U.S. out in Breckenridge, Colorado. Uh, my wife's from Colorado. I've never been to the distillery, but when we were out there visiting our parents, I picked up a bottle at one of the local stores there. Uh, I think you can get it around here as well in Cincy, um, but have a little bit of a tickle in my throat, so I actually put it into a hot toddy, uh, which has <laughs> been fantastic. Actually, a lot better than I thought, yeah. even if it was the first attempt making one. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to switch it up next week and make some sort of cocktail now that we're, uh, we're, we're doing that. But uh, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, I'd love to try it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said in the in the intro, uh, why don't we get this episode, we're going to focus on your collection. Uh, next week's episode, we'll look at uh, look at mine. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and start? What, uh, what do you want to start out with? The, the watch that's been in the collection the longest? Um, yeah, I mean... I, I, I'll start off with the one that actually got me started because it's a, it's kind of a fun story behind it. But um, I'd say probably when I was a kid, let's say it's in that eight to ten range, um, sort of in the age before before you're too old to uh, look after yourself and you're still going out and being watched uh, by somebody. Uh, I went out to my grandparents' house over the summer, and uh, over the summer we'd always walk up to one of the local pharmacies in the area, and there was a watch in a display case, and of course now it's been you know, 20 something odd years since then. So, I mean, memory, uh, uh, you know, if memory serves correctly, I think it was maybe a fossil, uh, something along that line, but some cheap quartz stainless steel watch, run of the mill, nothing too special. Um, But it caught my attention and, you know, over the course of three months, I always brought it up to them. And, you know, luckily at the very end of it, they bought it for me. Um, And unfortunately, you know, it was one of those things that kids do getting into, you know, phases um, and I had it for probably a couple months and then lost it, put it in a desk drawer or something like that. Uh, and then unfortunately the hobby died for, you know, God knows a number of years. But, um, after that I was actually able to, uh, find another one in a thrift store and then I kind of got back into the hobby and it's taken off since then. 
Yeah, um, no, I'd say. You know, we, I, it was funny. We were both kind of talking about how many watches we're going to talk about, give or take. And it seems like we each have kind of eight pieces in the collection, which is kind of a kind of an interesting coincidence. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've definitely had more, definitely had less, but I feel like eight. It's at a number right now that I'm fine with. I, you know, I, I enjoy all of them. Uh, there's nothing really superfluous about it at this point. That's good. That's good. So what do we got next? What are we uh, What are we looking at next? Uh, well, we're gonna probably start off with the oldest watch. Uh, in my collection, which is going to be my great-grandfather's pocket watch. Um, and it sort of ties in with the next watch, but uh, when my grandfather passed away a few years ago, um, he, you know, he had a variety of watches, and this is the one, one of the ones that got passed over to, you know, my side of the family. Um, and <clears throat> it's an elegant pocket watch, and I've dated it to, uh, you know, around the early 1890s, um, run of the mill, nothing too special, uh, you know, small seconds, two hand, uh, super simple pocket watch from Elgin. Um, but the, the cool part about it is that it's got his, um, inscribed initials on actually a, a small knife on it, uh, as well as, uh, it's, um, I believe it's a, a TSA or something along those initials wise, um, a little token on it that if he actually lost it, you could it could be returned to a certain address. He could find it. They'd contact him. Um, so yeah, a little cool piece of history tied along with that little watch. That's pretty neat. Yeah, no, it's a uh, kind of a fun little set I have. Uh, I'll bust it out every once in a while, mostly on uh, various holidays, but uh, mostly St. Patrick's Day. But uh, do you, uh, you have the chain that goes with it as well, or a chain yeah. to wear it? Oh yeah, I've got the full chain. Got the knife on. I got the little token. Uh, cool set. Do you have a vest to wear it with? Because I know that's the best way to wear a pocket watch. Um, exactly. Yeah, I've got a, a full St. Patrick's Day outfit, which I won't go into too much, but uh, <laughs> I do rock a vest during that occasion. So it, uh, it ties the look together is what I like to say. Really, really holds it together. Yeah, I like to, I like to go by the mantra of having use for every watch in the collection. So it gets its use once a year. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, we'll move into the, the next one, which is another hand-me-down from my grandpa, and it is a uh, Panerai, uh, reference number 219, uh, which is one of the, uh, I believe it's from 2012, uh, looking at the serial number, and it's a simple uh, Luminor model, so it's got the, you know, the famous crown guard on it, and it's a Destro yeah. model, which is a, a left-handed model, uh, which is sort of unique, uh, not a lot of Panerais have that distinction, so it's a, you know, kind of sets it apart from the run-of-the-mill, uh, which is something I like. I actually really like that watch. I'm left-handed naturally, although I wear my watches on my left hand, and that one, yeah, that one's a, that one's pretty sweet. And the fact that your grandfather had a Panerai in his, you know, later stages of his life is pretty amazing because the, it's not a small watch. No, no, it's it's 44, um, and yeah, it was definitely one of the last ones that he acquired. Uh, he had a variety of ones, multiple Rolexes, Panerai. I know he had a, a Breitling or two. Um, but yeah, he was a watch guy through and through. Uh, unfortunately, uh, some of the other ones went to other people in the family, but you know, I'm glad to at least have one. Um, and like you said, it's a left-handed watch, um, so it really does suit left-handed people. I'm right-handed, unfortunately, but I mean, <laughs> when I rock it on my, I, I wear most of my watches on my left wrist, so when I rock it on the left um, with that crown guard, it's, uh, it's a pretty indestructible watch. It's one that I like to take hiking a lot, because I know it's, uh, it's bulletproof. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Most of them are. Yeah, no, so it's a, a great all-around watch. See-through case back, uh, you know, typical base Panerai movement that some people give them crap for, but, you know, it's what it is. I can't complain, so. That's a fun watch. I like that one quite a bit. Yeah, I'm rocking it on a Nader right now, and I think it fits it pretty well. 
Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, no. Um, we'll go into some more of my other rugged watches, which happen to be both Seikos. So I'll start off with a, a Seiko SKX-013, uh, which is not the typical 42, I believe, is what the normal one is, or 41, the 007 or the 009. Yeah, those are def- those are definitely over forty, and, and the zero one three, the the thirteen, that's thirty seven, if I'm not mistaken. So roughly. it's, I believe, I just looked this up before, and it's listed at thirty eight, but I there's no way that watch wears a thirty eight. It's definitely more of a thirty six <laughs> when you when you wear it. I don't know how they got thirty eight, but it's uh, it's definitely a small watch. Uh, it's definitely not of the more vintage, smaller dive watches, which I like, which is kind of why I bought it to go to go against the norm, go against the grain of most SKXs. Uh, that are floating around out there, and it's just a simple Pepsi bezel. I've done nothing to it. Um, it's pretty old. I know the movement is kind of crapping out on me right now. I know the the date setting wheel is kind of hit and miss at this point, but uh, it's still a cool watch to have. But I feel like I feel like that one being able to repair or replace the movement shouldn't be a problem. No, I mean, yeah, I've definitely read multiple forums that it's pretty easy to replace that movement. Some people are in favor of just ditching the movement, just buying a new one. So it's, uh, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's a pretty common movement. So common that it's almost cheaper to just buy a new one than get it serviced. Um, but yeah, it's uh, one that I like. I've had a, a couple of good times with it, good memories with that watch. So it's uh, definitely one to stay in the collection. Uh, but I'll move on to another Seiko. It's a Seiko reference SRP777, which is the all-black Seiko Turtle. Um, and it's one of those ones that I got on a Christmas gift for, my, for myself out shopping, unfortunately, falling in the trap of that. Uh, you know, Macy's has great deals, and I unfortunately fell into that. There's uh, a story in my collection about a, an awesome Macy's deal on a Seiko. Oh yeah, Macy's and Seiko. It's a it's a trap. Watch out if you're out there. You uh, you'll probably walk out with a watch if you uh, if you have the right coupons. Uh, uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's an all black turtle. Uh, it looks a lot like the um, the Williard reissue they just came out with. Uh, I know the the case shape is a little bit different. Uh, it may be one actually. I think it's the same size. The case shape is a little bit different. And it's got the day date instead of just the regular date. But it looks yeah. very similar, and that's kind of reason reason why I bought it, because, you know, in my opinion, the Williard's a little bit too expensive for what it is, and that one really is a pretty good uh, pretty good look-alike to it. I think without... you worked in our take a second on your take on the Willard there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the Seiko second, in my opinion, this week, the Seiko Williard is much too expensive for what it is. You're welcome. Yeah. Some of our friends in the retail space would tell us the same thing. Uh, yeah, I know the guys on <laughs> RMP are having a, an issue selling the one, the two, I believe that they have. Yeah, they do have two. They do have two. Yeah. That was fun. Um, but yeah, I'll move into another dive watch in the collection, which uh, sort of sort of predominates. But I'm a dive watch guy, so it's uh, the Squale 1545 Classic. And, you know, Squally is a brand that when I first started getting into watches, I kind of fell head over heels for. Their watches just spoke to me. They're kind of the more entry-level mechanical watches. Um, they have a lot of offerings, lots of different models. But the 1545, I was really in a phase where I was, you know, I had just fallen in love with the Submariner, and I wanted something that sort of resembled that. So, of course, I go down the homage route, and I end up finding, you know, Seiko makes a line called the 1545, which is their direct sub-homage category. 
and you know I did some more research into it and they made a couple different varieties especially the earlier ones and I found one that's the 1545 classic which has a pretty interesting story behind it um, so when Seiko I mean not Seiko Squale uh, launched the 1545 line back in 2012 they actually went into their old factories and were able to find at least for this run of watches 12 new old stock dials to put into the first line of 1545s, which they named the 1545 Classics. And so they made 12 watches. Uh, it was their first run that they'd ever done of this style watch, put the new stock dials in the watches, uses an ETA movement, and shipped them to, I believe it's a website called Nomon, which is where you could first buy them at. And they also made a couple of different other varieties along with that classic line. but. By, by by far, the Classic is probably the most, one of the rarer Squale models that you can get. And I got it for Christmas one year from my mom, and I've loved it ever since. It's a great, you know, daily wear, especially in the summer. Put it on the Milanese that I have, or NATO, and go kayaking, go to the beach. You know, it's a great, great all-around watch. I can't, can't go wrong with it. And, I, you know, I, I remember here earlier this year, they, were, they did a, uh, Squale did a, a re-release of something that they had in, like, either the 50s or 60s, and it looked an awful lot like a Blancpain, but I yeah. did not realize that in their history they've provided cases and bezels and other stuff for other brands, kind of going back all the way to the inception of the dive watch in the mid-50s. So yeah. their brand was unique history, uh, which is something I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah, no, it's a super unique brand, great great uh, to look into, and we'll probably cover it on one of our, uh, not defunct brands, but uh, sort of a history, you could say. Cool, cool to look into. Um, yeah, and like you said, they definitely did made cases for Blancpain, hence the resemblance to uh, that watch. Yeah, definitely. That'll be a fun one to look into in a future in a future episode. Yeah, no, can't wait for that. Um, so that's a great all-around watch. Can't go wrong with that. Um, but speaking of great all-around watches that you cannot go wrong with, uh, probably my first big watch purchase is the next one, which is my Omega Speedmaster. It is the uh, Sapphire Sandwich model, and I believe it is from 2013. Um, bought it off of eBay, great deal, box papers, whole nine yards, uh, had it for a whole year, uh, wore it every day, uh, you know, it's a Speedmaster, what can you say about it, you know, it's a great all-around watch, it has the 1863 movement, which is different, slightly different than the 1861, which is in the, uh, non-Sapphire version, it's a great watch, can't go wrong with it. The Speedies are just, I, I mean, I... I you don't even really need to describe them. Everybody knows what they are. No, everybody, yeah. everybody should have one in their collection at some point. I'm still working my way there. Um, yeah, you know, it's one of those stereotypes that everyone should have a Speedmaster in their collection. And, you know, fortunately for me, I was able to knock it out pretty early. I fell in love with it. I'm a big chronograph guy, uh, along with being a dive watch fan, and I've got a few chronographs. Um, but, uh, you know, it's one of my favorites, if not my most favorite, in the collection. It's a, it's a pretty sweet one. I, I remember when we, we hung out over the summer um, when we got together with a couple of our other buddies. Mm -hmm. And you had it on the mesh bracelet, and it looked, it looked pretty sweet. It, yeah. it wore on so many different, you know, leather, NATO. The Oddly enough, I know a lot of people don't necessarily like the original Speedy bracelet. You know, just it, it, It's a strap monster if there ever was one. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely in the camp of I don't, I don't like the, the original Speedy bracelet. I'm, I'm a fan of just straight polished or just straight brushed bracelets and that little two stripes of polishing on it I, I just cannot stand uh, <laughs> so I I definitely take advantage of it being a, a quote-unquote strap monster and I put it on all sorts of different things uh, NATO's mesh leather 
you name it, I, I put it on it, and it really it really lives up to it. You can put it on anything. Yeah, well, although you, you aren't wearing it today, and it's Tuesday, it's Speedy Tuesday. What are you? What are you thinking? I know. <laughs> I, I'll get I'll get on Instagram within the day and realize it's I've missed another Tuesday, which uh, seems to be pretty common, unfortunately. But uh, you know, that's what it is. Uh, but yeah, no. Speaking of another, uh, I guess soon to be, in my opinion, iconic watch. Uh, I have the uh, Tudor Black Bay Fifty Eight, which, like I said at the end of the beginning of the episode, I just got probably about a month and a half ago. Uh, it's my big watch purchase of this year, and I've I've been loving it every day. Everything that people say about it, it it lives up to it. It's it's a great all around watch. The dimensions are perfect. Uh, I'm a big vintage fan, and it hits the mark. Um, you know, sub thirty nine or sub forty millimeters, no crown guards, matte dial. It's a great great all around watch. And some people say you know they they hate the riveted bracelet. I'm a big fan of it, even if it's totally you know. Faux, faux rivets. I'm, I'm for it. I'm a big fan of it. It's a, it's a fantastic watch. And we got together about a month ago. It was actually, it's only been a few weeks since we got together last. Now that I think about it. Yeah, no, it's only been like, like three and a half weeks, something like that. Yeah. Maybe. No, I mean it was. That's it's one of the first times I've tried one of those on, and I mean it just, it fits so well. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it, it wears almost the same size as, as the Hulk. I mean, maybe a little bit smaller. I mean, the dimensions are fantastic. It. Probably whereas actually you're right, you said just a little bit smaller because it's got the vintage dimensions, and I'm telling you, you gotta get you gotta get an OG Bond strap and rock it like Sean. I, I know, I know, I do. I, I'm sure, but by the time get, it hits uh, get, summer weather down here, get the, don't get the weird width that he had in. It's <laughs> a regular one because that that's just not a good look, but it it's gonna look fantastic on it. Yeah, no, oh yeah, I know it is. I mean, it's it is the most modern incarnation of a of that watch that you can buy it really gets the same aesthetic and it's it's great um yeah and I, you know honestly i bought that watch just because of the fact that you know i'll probably say later on in many more episodes to come but i'll say it right now i'm vehemently anti-hodinky but i have to say i have to give it to hodinky they they got me started on the whole vintage kick and i i, I fell deep down that rabbit hole so I wanted, I wanted a watch that was, you know, vintage but yet modern. And, you know, of course, the Black Bay is one of those stereotypical watches made today that you can kind of check both of those boxes on. So uh, they got me in that front. But, uh, you know. It's a great say? watch. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great watch. Wears great. Um, yeah. And I'm also looking forward to uh, the bezel fading in a few years. Hopefully. Wear it enough. Get a good it would probably on. take a few. It'd probably take a little longer than just a few years, though. I would think. I mean, eh, you know, leave it on the sun. You never know what's gonna happen. That's true. Are you planning on just leaving it on your porch at some point, hoping nobody steals it? <laughs> well, yeah. Luckily, my balcony's private, so nobody can see all the watches I have just sitting out trying to fade their bezels, bezels on. <laughs> You'd be the guy with a bronze watch cracking an egg on it, trying to get it, make it all green. <laughs> <week>. uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I. You know, I, I like the all natural route, but we'll we'll see where it goes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I've done a few, uh, I guess, high, higher-end watches, not super luxury by any means. But uh, I'll move into the final two watches that I have in my collection are going to be two Casios. Uh, one is, you know, a Casio G-Shock, which, you know, is one of those watches that I feel every watch nerd should have. Uh, super inexpensive, really easy to get. Um, it's almost up there with the XKX in terms of, you know, if you're a watch person, you need one of these in your collection um, and especially since they came out with their all-metal ones last year, they're they're looking really good and really appealing. 
to snag another one for the collection. Uh, but for the time being, I'm sticking with just the regular old, I don't know, it's just a regular old G-Shock. I don't really know the reference number on it, but it's, uh, you know, stereotypical plastic all around, green. Bought it at TJ Maxx for, I think, like 40 bucks. It's great. Great hike and watch. You beat oh, it yeah. around. But I mean, if you ever if you ever decided to upgrade to the all metal on the all metal bracelet, I think you'd have to go gold, right? I mean, why wouldn't you go gold? That that's a uh, that's a uh, as I would say, it's a pretty big vibe on the wrist to go all gold metal G shock. How many all gold watches do you have? Everybody needs an all gold watch. That's right? true. That's true. I mean, that's a cheap way to get an all gold watch, and I I don't own any. I'm uh, I don't know if I'm just an old uh, stickler or what, but I, it's uh, mostly stainless steel black black dial watches in my well, collection. I feel like I feel like if you wanted to give off that gold watch vibe, you wanted to show people I don't take myself too seriously. The all gold <laughs> duck is the way to do it. It'd be just, it's just like you know something. I want the all gold watch, but I'm having a good time with it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I'm I'm very tempted by him, so we'll have to see. I mean, if I'm getting that one though, you'll have to get your all gold turtle and rock it on an all gold bracelet. You need to get I you know that that uh, it, it might be the next purchase. There have been a couple other ones that I've been eyeing. Um, we've talked about that other Seiko chronograph. Uh, yeah, and you keep talking it. about it. I mean, you haven't let it so, die yet. So the funny thing about that is, though, I was on one of the forums today, and you can definitely buy the one of the watches that that watch is based off of for like three hundred bucks. What watch so is like, that? Uh, it's it's a Seiko six one three eight dash eighty twenty. They're not that rare. I yeah. mean, it's 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 you know twelve and six o'clock sub dials. Okay, interesting. Uh, uh, reverse pan with two black. It's just it's just a sweet looking watch. Like they're all yeah. over the place for sub five hundred. Yeah, and remind me that that chronograph that you're into. It's um it's based off one of their original ones, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That Seiko is great, but I mean, we've had the argument before, and I'm sure we'll address it later in another episode. But uh, that yeah. versus the Grand Seiko in the same price range, which one would you go for? It's a it's a tough decision. That's a teaser for a future episode. Yeah. Uh, a teaser for a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a tough question, but yeah, we'll we'll dive into it in another episode. Um, yeah, we will. But yeah, I'll I'll finish up here and go with my my last one, which is a uh, it's another Casio. It's not G Shock. Uh, it's a Casio A158WA, which is just a stereotypical digital alarm Casio watch. Uh, and I, I bought it because it's, it's you know, some people say, not some people say, uh, you know, that Rolex, Paddock, AP, those are the hot watches right now. If you go into sort of the watch underground, you go to the bars, you go to the nightlife scene, you will see a lot of people wearing these digital Casios. So, I mean... If you're looking for a hot watch that you don't know about, just just take a look at this one. You, you might be surprised by how many people you see wearing it. So I, I would definitely agree with you. The funnier thing is I've been to a lot of very trendy restaurants, trendy places here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And the one like the, I don't want to say like your kind of hipster service, but like your hipsters who are either working there at the bar or no, no. they're all wearing and, and they're all vintage. They're not new. Vintage Casio calculator watches. Yeah, no, you're absolutely Which, spot on. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I mean, yeah, they were. I've seen a lot of bartenders, and some of my friends wear the one watch that I have, which is sort of the reason I got it. Uh, just an iconic watch uh, for Cincinnati for the time being. Um, but yeah, I've seen a lot of the calculator watches too, which is pretty sweet because you don't see those a lot. 
No, you know, and my favorite ones, uh, one of the restaurants says that the guy had on, he had on a gold calculator watch. Not like gold, but like gold. I was like, that, that is a move, and you know exactly what you're doing. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Don't take it too, too seriously, but it's, uh, it's one of those yeah. watches that says, hey, look at me. I'm a... Look at me uh, just... Yeah, look at me just enough. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a watch that deserves to be looked at, I guess. It does. I mean, that's a fun one. Yeah. But uh, that... That wraps it up for my collection. I mean, that does. What happened to the gorilla? You're totally right. I do have the gorilla. I say it's not on your list. I was like, I didn't even, I didn't even add to the list. (laughs) It's, it's. I I made this list from memory, and I've totally forgotten one of the watches that I have in my collection. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I do have a. It's a gorilla fastback. It's the yellow version, and. It's it's a watch that if you don't know the the history behind it, it's a super it's a modern watch, uh, but it's got an interesting little history as to why and how it came into creation, uh, coming from the uh, former I believe creative director from Audemars Piguet starting his own micro brand company, uh, and coming out with this watch as their first uh, first take on their their line of fastback watches. Uh, it's the all yellow version, black dial. Super cool case construction is probably the the main main thing that people get into these watches for. I believe it's made from five different things. Don't quote me what they are, but I'm assuming I think one of they're aluminum, carbon. Um, there's definitely some ceramic. I believe the ceramic on the top is ceramic, which is good because there's a lot of bezel on that watch. Yeah, aluminum, carbon, ceramic. Um, I'm blanking out what the other parts of it are, but yeah, it's it's. Sure. An, does it have a titanium case back, maybe? I think that might be it, yeah. This Titanium's probably it. Or maybe they're including the rubber that's on the strap. I don't know. Yeah. We'll say four or five, but, you know, the the case is where that watch is, like, it's it's thing, and it's it's a super cool watch. If you ever get the chance to try one of them on, definitely do it. They're great. Super inexpensive. I'd say, you know, you probably find them on eBay or wherever for 300 dollars. Yeah, if you buy them right from them, they're they're getting they're pushing a thousand, if not a little bit over, depending on the one. Because they have that one, that drift one that has the drifting hours. Yes. Which is a really neat complication that they put on that Miyota movement. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But, but I, it is more expensive than uh, than you can pick them up online. But they are a little bit harder to find. Like I haven't found any on any of the forums. So I mean, I think eBay is your best bet if you're looking for one. Yeah, and I bought mine off eBay, so I can attest that you, they do pop up from time to time, but. Yeah, great, great sports watch. Great to go to the gym. Great to ride a bike or get outside in. You can sweat all day in them. Won't affect them. Face as well. If you want to look like you're wearing a Richard Neal, but not really. <laughs> yeah, like, not really. You don't take yourself too seriously, but still want the vibe. Go for that. Yeah, we're big on those. Yeah. Types <laughs> of watches. I do. That one, I think, when we got together, one of the first few times, you know, our, our little group of friends got together to, you know, talk watches. You brought that one. And I put that one on, and it just it hugs the wrist so well, and it feels so much more substantial than like you're reading. Okay, it's a it's a it's a nine hundred dollar watch that you could probably pick up for five hundred. It's made of all these fancy materials, but does how does it? It feels like it should cost more than what it does. I mean, it is really really an impressive watch to put on the wrist. It just yeah. feels great. And I think the only thing holding it back from being in that higher category is the movement. It's a like you said, it's got a Miyota movement, but the yeah, case construction bracelet or you know rubber strap in this instance uh, all merit a higher cost yeah no it's it's it was i think of all the watches that you have i mean 
that was the one that I was most surprised by when I saw it. And then when I put it on, I was like, this thing is, this is a solid, this is a solid piece. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's a super fun watch to wear. I, I don't wear it as often <laughs> as I should, but man, when I do, you look down and you're like, damn, that's, that's a piece right there. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's, it, it's not small. It's substantial. It fits so well. And it just, it's. Yeah, it's, I want to say it's around 44 millimeters. It's a big watch. It is, and it's kind of—it's a little square. Of it. I mean, it's—it's it's not completely round. I know the dial is round, but it's—it's it's got corners, right? If I'm oh yeah, it's yeah, it's a squarish, rectangular styled watch with a circular dial in it. Um, got the bezel rounded a little bit. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a yeah, kind of got the rounded bezel on it. Um, around forty-four. Don't quote me on that. Forty-four millimeters, whatever it is. It's—it's it's a big watch, and it, it, it gets people's attention when you wear it. It's awesome. That's. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely my one, one of my probably the most quirkiest watch I have in the collection right now. Yeah, no, that that definitely is. That definitely is. Yep. Well, I think I think if that wraps it up, I mean that that hit our we pretty much hit our thirty minute mark right there, which is you know what we've decided we were going to try to give our listeners is right around thirty minutes. Yeah, I think that uh that should should about do it. Hopefully that uh filled everyone in on my my tastes and sort of how I tend to go when it comes to watches and. Uh, kind of my opinions on them yeah no that's great and then a uh, little teaser we got a little bit of a teaser for for my collection for next week uh which uh that'll be that that episode should be hopefully dropping in roughly one week yeah. uh, as long as we figure out how to record everything so uh yeah still working everyone, it out yeah still working it out <laughs> we apologize for the audio uh if, if you know of a better way to do this let us know um, please please <laughs> yes, please please really trying to figure it out um but anyway, no, we, we appreciate everybody tuning in to this week's episode of Whiskey and Watches, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks, everyone. See you next week. Mm-hmm.